The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Some Greeks who had come to worship at the Passover feast came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, and asked him, Sir, we would like to see Jesus. Philip went and told Andrew. Then Andrew and Philip went and told Jesus. Jesus answered them, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Amen, amen, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains just a grain of wheat. But if it dies, it produces much fruit. Whoever loves his life loses it, and whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. Whoever serves me must follow me, and where I am, there also will my servant be. The Father will honor whoever serves me. I am troubled now, yet what should I say? Father, save me from this hour? But it was for this purpose that I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. Then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd heard it and said, It was thunder. But others said, An angel has spoken to him. Jesus answered and said, This voice did not come for my sake, but for yours. Now is the time of judgment on this world. Now the ruler of this world will be driven out. And when I am lifted up from the earth, I will draw everyone to myself. He said this indicating the kind of death he would die. The Gospel of the Lord. Sir, we would like to see Jesus. I think it's pretty safe to say that some of us aren't coming here with a super light and joyful heart. Perhaps many of us are coming with some kind of burden or sadness or anxiety. And maybe we haven't expressed it explicitly, but perhaps this is the cry of our heart. We would like to see Jesus. God, where are you in the midst of this? There could be that haziness, that fogginess, that sense of hopelessness, a lack of direction. And the cry of our heart is, where are you, Jesus? We would like to see you. Where are you in the midst of this? I think it's beautiful in this first reading from Jeremiah. God says, All from least to greatest shall know me, says the Lord. You won't need anyone to teach you about me because everyone will know me. I think that's very interesting because it doesn't seem like that. It seems like the majority do not know God, right? How can this be? 
I would contend that by the fact that we were born and created by God, we have an innate knowledge that God is there. And at some point, the spirit of cynicism, negativity, disbelief, scientific materialism has sucked this belief, this innate knowledge of God out of us. I was talking to one of my friends a couple days ago. She works in a non-Catholic Montessori school. She works with pre-K and kindergarten mixed. This is so beautiful. She said the vast majority of her kids are definitely not Catholic. Many of them probably not Christian. Essentially none of them baptized. All different kinds of families and backgrounds, religious backgrounds, lack of religious background. And she wears, she can't say anything about God, of course. She can't say the name of Jesus, but she wears her cross and she wears a St. Raphael medal. I was so moved as she said, her kids ask if they can touch those medals. At least one has asked, can I kiss your necklace? Children have an innate sense of God's presence. At some point, we lost it. Many of us have lost it. The vast majority, especially of young adults, identify themselves as nuns, not as N-U-N, but N-O-N-E. I have no religious affiliation. I identify as agnostic. I can't know whether God is or atheist, I believe that God does not exist, or maybe more popularly among Christian and Catholic circles, I believe in a God who basically gives me the thumbs up with whatever I do. This is so pervasive in our time and our culture, right? And it's no surprise, as we start living our life in a certain way, that we begin to believe that God isn't there. We no longer see Him. I think it was Fulton Sheen who said, if we do not live what we believe, soon we will believe what we live. Which is to say, if you do not, be- if you do not act according to what Christianity says, and what the Catholic Church says, soon you will believe whatever you do is in fact the right thing. I really enjoy working with young people, and I actually really enjoy working with very skeptical or cynical or atheistic agnostic young people. Now we could debate until we're blue in the face about whether God exists. But here is a precondition I would love to ask of anyone that wants to debate about the existence of God. Here it is. I would like you, whoever I'm talking to, I would like you to pretend that God does indeed exist. And I would, for the next month, like you to live as if He exists and to do what you know you ought to be doing or what the church asks you to do. If after a month of doing these things, going to church every Sunday, praying every day, at least 15 minutes, going back to confession, 
abstaining from using curse words, abstaining from addiction, abstaining from overindulgence in your cell phone and watching television, keeping holy the Sabbath day, all these things that basically have gone by the wayside. If you do these things and you do not believe that you have received more peace, joy, and love in your life, you win. I won't even attempt to debate. If you do this with total sincerity of heart and you commit yourself to living as if God exists and His church is the church and the rules are not arbitrary but they're meant for our good, if you live that way and you're not happier and more at peace after a month, you win. Because I know God exists and He is faithful and He will show up if we give Him the chance. Jesus says today in the gospel, whoever loves his life loses it. Basically, whoever loves doing whatever they already want to do, you lose your life. And you very well might lose eternal life. However, whoever hates his life in this world will preserve it for eternal life. We love our life, okay? He's not talking about hating the, the fact that we exist, but hating our disordered tendency to choose things that hurt our relationship with God, with others, and with ourselves. Whoever chooses to say no to ourself when we know God is asking us to do something else or when the church has asked us to do something else, if we are able to say no to lose our life in this way, we will gain it both in this life and in the life to come. One of my favorite things to say in confession to people why not let today be a or the turning point in your life? Why not today? Why not today? Yeah, Lynn, most of Lynn has already gone by, but why not let this Sunday before Palm Sunday be the day where you decided, you know what? I've made a lot of compromises up until this point. I more or less follow God in a lot of ways, but there are certain areas I don't let him into. How about today we put everything on the table? Everything goes on the table. And if it doesn't lead us closer to God and closer to people around us, we get rid of it. Why not today? Imagine, imagine what would happen if we lived what we believe. I think we might start to see God. I think we might start to see Jesus. How many times have we come to Mass in our life? How many times, as, I, as the priest holds up the host, did we think, ah, there is Jesus? How many times? When did we lose it if we ever have it? Perhaps today might be the day when we start to see Jesus again in the Eucharist and we begin to prepare our hearts to receive him as though it actually is God and no longer bread. Now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. If we repent, we very well may believe in the kingdom.